As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This. This is the Cuse Militia. Now, now, those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Sunday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials, go there, join the militia. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us. We appreciate all of you. A disappointing loss uh, for the Orange against Virginia. Uh, Syracuse, they had plenty of opportunities to come away with the W, but uh, didn't. Instead, 74 to 70, uh, 74 to 69 loss as they drop two one and one in conference play. You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and fan feedback. And Syracuse heads down to Miami to take on a pretty hot Hurricanes team. How good are they? This Wednesday at 8 p.m. We'll let you know what we think about that quickly before we get into the coach montage and everything else having to do with yesterday's game. Garrett Williams has announced that he will return next year, which is which is a freaking breath of fresh air and a huge yeah. relief. And mm-hmm. uh, simply tweeting, I'm back. So uh, he is going to be back, and um, him and Deuce will will take the reins again, and another year in, another year of you know bigger, faster, stronger. Hopefully, right? So, yeah. Joe, well, there's been some, there's been some, some years where we've lost these guys, right? These yeah. NFL tweener guys, and I mean, you look at it now, and I mean, this is you know the third one now with Andre Schmidt, Mikel Jones, and and Garrett Williams now, where you know these guys could have. Test of the waters, but absolutely coming back. So, yeah. So he's going to join. Obviously, like I mentioned, Deuce. He got uh, Braylon Oliver, right? And yep. he's the uh, the transfer. And well, Justin Barron. I mean, uh, Jihad Carter, Rob Hanna, J- uh, Jason Simmons. So, pretty much they, all the safeties. I think we're losing yeah. Coley. Right. So good depth there. And happy to, and obviously Garrett Williams with the breakout year he had last year, it was a, you know, Syracuse just wasn't, they didn't just put up, they just didn't put up the, you know, the interception numbers this year, but they were, no, they were no, decent, no. you know, uh, by the way too, Williams, he did battle some injuries this year. I think he the missed two year. or three, two or three games he was out. Um, he was kind of on and off. Yeah. The whole year, like Joe said, so it's good it's good to to know that we can breathe easy on that one because I know um, many of you were holding your breath. So no, let's, well, that's I was going to say real quick. Yeah, just, you're, that's, good. you're that's, good. That's that's why um, I think that's really why he came back. He didn't want to 
leave Syracuse like that on a season where he was, I mean, even the games he played, you could tell he had a braces and his shoulders and his arms. And, you know what I mean? Like it's just, and you would see plays where something would happen. He'd come, he'd come down and he'd land awkwardly and, and he'd be out for the rest of the game or a quarter or something like that. So he was obviously battling, battling injuries and, you know, uh, his name's not going to be forgotten with throughout the scouts and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like he, he, uh, because of this year, kind of took his name out of, you know, and Dino always says, if you're not a top three pick, you should probably come back. So if he can, uh, get healthy and have a, have a good year next year, then I mean, no doubt in my mind, I think he can get drafted top th- uh, three rounds. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, on to Virginia real quick. We, uh, I have no Wi-Fi, so I'm doing this off my phone. This is plan B. There is no plan C. It seems to be going okay right now. So I use my phone as a hotspot and uh, just Skype would not work. Said I was using, I was on low data, which tells me I'm, I'm being throttled. So uh, mm. we'll do the best we can. My, 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 obviously, if you're listening to this, it's been already been solved, but the uploading will be an issue uh, using my phone for a hotspot. So it could take, who the hell knows? Could take three hours. Let's listen to what coach said after the loss against Virginia. Defensively, we got off to a slow start. Jesse was not, I don't know what he was in thinking, but he just wasn't into it. And uh, he gave up seven points to start the game. And I thought we battled back the whole game. I thought everybody uh, went after the ball, rebounding. We went after the ball to get it and get it back. We, We did a really good job there defensively. We just didn't do a couple of the rotations that we need to make, and they got easy layups in the first half that should never happen. But, uh, you know, we have to be better on the defensive end in these games. Uh, And, you know, Joe's had two games now where, you know, he just hasn't been in the game. And, you know, we need him to be in the game. And... uh, you know, I thought Side did a good job in the time he was in there, and that's a good sign. But uh, you know, Cole is—he missed some shots he can make, and uh, I, what bothers me the most is he passed up. A, he's got—if he's in the game, he's got to take the shots. But what bothers me the most is he didn't get a defensive rebound on it when they missed a layup. He let Beekman come in and get the ball, put it right back in over him and didn't jump. And uh, then he got that rebound at the end, and Beekman just took it away from him. So he can't do that. He's got to be tougher than that. Coach, I understand Virginia's one of the top teams in the nation year in and year out, but they've won seven of eight against you guys lately. What makes that? I don't talk about anything about teams winning so many games or not. I don't talk about that. I understand that. I'm well, then I just, answered your, I just answered your question. They've been better than us. Tonight they were better than us. And they're very good. And they've been very good. And what do you think in particular is going on with Joe? Well, you know, the last game, uh, the full court pressure probably bothered him a little bit more than it should have. Um, They know he's a good shooter. They're going to guard him. He's got to get by and either make a play or get by and get a shot up. One of the two things. Cole not chasing down that rebound and Beekman getting it over him was a 
terrible play, bad, horrible basketball play. We can't have that happen. Um, but we're not talking about great. We're talking about a little better. We can, we can be a little better defensively. I think that's the key. Virginia's not a great shooting team, and they shot 52%. So obviously it's our defense is not good enough uh, in, in terms of what we're doing. That's just not good enough. And uh, we've got to make some if, – and if our defense isn't good enough, then we've got to make some more of those shots that we missed. Pretty simple. But we can't win shooting those percentages against somebody that's shooting good percentages against us. It's pretty simple. And I really wouldn't even put this on Joe. He didn't get that many opportunities. It was really Jimmy and and Cole got really good opportunities. And you can't win these games if you go two for eight from the foul line. You're not going to. I wouldn't. I mean, I don't normally put that on a player, but, you know, he's my son, and he needs to make those. (laughs) You know, I'd say that. I might not say that about another player, but he knows. He knows he's got to make those shots. Simple. All right, the Coach Montage is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Unfortunately, as I'm talking about Spotify Greenroom, it will not be able to happen today. But uh, under normal circumstances, we will uh, be in that thing during fan feedback just to uh, get in there and, and have some fun. Go to your iOS or Android stores today. Download the app. It's free. All you need is a username and email address and a password to sign up. Follow us at Cuse Militia. Sign up for notifications when we go live. You will get notified. You can join in the room. You can either sit in there and just listen like a creeper or you can chat. Or you can request to speak. You request to speak, and I approve it. There'll be a little red uh, microphone on your icon. Tap that thing and unmute yourself and say your piece. It's a really cool way to get you guys on and just have a good time. And, you know, obviously it's a little better when Syracuse is winning games. And um, But it'll always be available. We're going to do that for every fan feedback, for every game, football and basketball going forward so anyways go to your ios or android stores today download the app it's free for crying out loud delete something off your phone if you need storage and upload and download the app all right joe so uh, it's slow slow defensive start right to say the least Mm. jesse jesse uh like you heard coach say giving up the first seven there jimmy does does you know I think he gets two threes. I think he hit two threes back-to-back or something like that for the first six, right? And, you know, Mm -hmm. everything looked good. And we'll get into everything else, Jimmy, here in a little bit. But Jesse's struggling a little bit since, you know, I mean, just been a couple games that I've really noticed. But uh, obviously got to get better on defense. I think it goes out saying. The the one thing is most notable. I mean, uh, coach doesn't give Joe a lot of flack for for the game, and you know he didn't get a lot of opportunities, and I understand that. But the defense wasn't there, and Kehi Clark's in his back pocket the whole time, and just manhandled them. I mean, let's be honest. Joe just struggles with Clark, period, and we knew it coming into the game. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That that guy uh, is just a nuisance, and I'm I'll be glad when he's gone. Uh, but <laughs> yes, uh, you know Joe was in a little funk against Cornell, and I don't think that this is the the best uh, game to kind of come back and 
get come back from there, really. I mean, Probably, he played 30 minutes. He only had one turnover. So, uh, I mean, he just didn't seem like himself, though. And, uh, and that's really all you can say about that, really. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he, he, had, he only had three assists. Like you said, he didn't turn the ball over a lot. But, you know, he wasn't, uh, like Coach said, he was just, he just didn't have the opportunities. They just weren't there for him. And he's going to have to just learn how to do better than that, you know. So, yeah, but does, is that a situation where we just got to just roll with Samir then at that point? And I, say, that's a good question. I mean, that's and then that's probably, I mean, I, I read a little bit of that in fan feedback, and I'm, I wonder if, it, you know, that is. See, here's the thing. So you feel like, okay, well, Joe's got the experience. He's been here before. He knows Katie Clark. Um, Samir's still kind of learning everything. And maybe I'll give up a little bit of offense and hope Joe's better on defense. But the thing was, is Joe wasn't great on defense either. So, um, I, you know, I guess that's, that's a tough call. I mean, in hindsight, it's an easy call to make, right? You know, we could say. No, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's really, when you're, when you're in a five-point game, when it comes down to free throws, there's multiple things that happened throughout that game that could have turned it one way or another, you know? Um, whether it's, you know, the, the rotations, you know, when Jim Beheim was talking about that kind of stuff, he was talking about the rotations, and you talk about, you know, if you make, you know, five, he, he kind of explained five bad rotations in which I think, I believe it was something like would equal up to 12 points. You know, when you look at that as your defense is, is making these bad rotations um, or not getting there in time, then that could be the reason, right? Or Jimmy Beheim, if he makes just three of those six that he missed, um, then that's a, that game at the end is being played differently. So, it's a weird game. It just felt like you know Virginia came out and we came back, and every single time we came back and tied it up, they would they would score like you know go on a five seven point run and feel like they just had had control of the game, even though it was so close. You know, with Virginia, they purposely slow down the offensive possessions. You know, I mean, there's a lot of times you saw Key Clark. You know, he'd had a chance with a rebounder with a kickout where he could shoot a three and he dribbled it back, and you know because they they wanted. They want to drain down that shot clock to limit the amount of uh, possessions that you get. I mean, you have Setting a team like Syracuse, you know. Yeah, right. and they set the pace, and um, and that was it. I mean, that was that was a Virginia win, grinded out. And I don't think that was a Virginia of, you know, the last couple years, like, you know, top one, two seeds in the tournament type type team. But um, that's what Tony Bennett does, regardless. Yeah, uh, same. You know, Cole, you heard Coach criticize him. A couple of times, twice on the same thing, and just had had some criticism for him not taking shots when he should, being a little hesitant, not being strong at the rim with the rebound stuff, and not leaving his feet um, on the missed layup. When you're like, "Oh, they missed the layup," Cole's right there, and 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 boom, he gets someone comes over top of him for the rebound. I forget who it was, but mm-hmm. um, Beekman. Beekman, okay. Uh, that was the one that coach mentioned twice. So th- those were those were in the closing moments of the game. Obviously, you got to get in there a little bit better than that. And um, you know, as far as Cole goes, too. Last night, two for eight from three, and um, what three for twelve overall. So and it just you know we're not going to win like that with Buddy being double teamed the whole time. Someone else has got to step up. Eventually it was Buddy Joe and just going at his man and I think wonder what took so long there. I guess it was an adjustment that coach made um towards the end of the first half, but um 
you got to, you know, they did a good, the Beheim brothers actually both did a good job of getting to the line, um, you know, r- regardless of what Jimmy did. His, he was the two for eight, right? So um, just not good at the line Right, for but him I mean, again. that's, well, no, but also you look at a situation where um, as soon as he started going one-on-one, you know, Tony Bennett turned around and, and brought that Cody Stopman dude in, six eight guy who came in, blocked Buddy twice. Didn't make it easy for him to go one on one and everything like that. So, uh, you know, to coach's point, uh, when they double buddy and he passes it off and it's four on three, you need to make a quicker decision and you got to you got to get an open shot. Um, But, you know, in this instance as well, we've talked about it. I mean, scoring 69 points on this defense to what, you know, buddy's post post game press conference. It was it was that's good. You know, so realistically, they're they're averaging. You want to blame the offense. They're allowing on an average of what fifty-seven or something like that coming into the game. Yeah, no. I mean, you want to blame the offense, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's defense. Uh, we need to be able to to get more stops and 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 to be able to. I mean, they didn't really get too many offensive rebounds and stuff like that, but they shot fifty percent. You have a bad, you know, average offense, Virginia offense, and they're shooting fifty percent. And that's what teams do against the zone too. Uh, but as far as Cole goes, he, I mean. I mean to coach's point and to our point, I think we've probably said it before. I mean, he needs to be better. He needs to step up, um, especially when Buddy's struggling. UVA once has won seven out of the last eight. Yes, I mean they're you know they just you know we'll get into that with fan feedback, but it's been a struggle for Syracuse against UVA, and it's it has just not been great. Um, let's see. Uh, coach mentioned, you know, they just need to be a little bit better defensively and can make a huge difference. And, you know, we talk about in football, a game of inches. Well, I mean, sometimes you can say the same thing about this game because I felt like the game of basketball is because I felt like they were just so close so many times. There's so many missed opportunities. You go back and look at it and they could have, would have, should have so many times. And that's what was 18 trust- offensive rebounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, that's, that's, that's not terrible. And we're missing. No, it's good. We had 18 offensive rebounds, but you're missing shots. Missing bunnies around yes. the, the basket, right. and then we're getting them, kicking them out, missing wide open threes. We had the opportunities. We had yeah. the opportunities offensively and and really defensively and on the line as well. So and, and you know they got to get the ball inside, and and I know it's difficult to do for a team full of shooters, but they shot 30 from out. So they shot half their shots came from outside the arc, and they're right. hitting 33 percent. So something has got to be, you know, you have to make an adjustment there before, you know, 40 minutes is up. It's unfortunately, we can sit here and talk about it, but it didn't happen. And I don't know where you put the blame there, but, you know, I mean, it's just the, the, little, bit of, the little bit of things defensively, you know, letting UVA, they come in or we go there or whatever. They always control the pace. They do it every time. I mean... How many times was the shot clock going down on both teams? It was just, you yep. know, it just shortens the game, gives you less opportunities. 18 offensive rebounds is fantastic. But, you know, got to make the shots. <laughs> so I'd rather have the no, shots. No, well, dude, look, 10 of 30 from three-point line isn't what I'm worried about, you know? I mean, really, 15 out of 23, I mean, we've seen worse, right, from the free-throw line. But then I turn around and I look at, that means that we went 12 of 30 for two-pointers. Now, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Right? I'm worried about the fact that, you A lot of those were that, close, you know, too. You, a lot of them were little close bunnies right in a row there. Yeah. I remember one play where Jesse missed one, and then 
you know, Joe uh, or Jimmy missed one, right? I mean, you have little yep. things where we have and ones where Jesse probably should have been able to get a dunk in an and one, and instead that happened, you know? So we need to find different ways to win, and then we're not going to, you know, we're not going to win too many games when, when we're making more three-pointers or close to the same three-pointers versus field goals. I mean, unless we're shooting a ridiculous percentage, but... You know, when you look at that, our three-point percentage was was very comparable to Virginia. It's just when you look at the overall percentage, I mean, Virginia went basically 23 for 37 for the twos, and we went 12 for 30. I mean, that's the game right there. They just made a lot of easier shots, and, you know, that's that's defense, man. Yeah. It's not offense. Yep. Um, let's see. Uh, Cole and Jimmy. Now, obviously, we touched on this a little bit, but as Coach mentioned, they 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 got to do better when Buddy's taking on extra guys, right? Uh, the two freight from the foul line is not going to get it done. That's one of the little things. I mean, and Jimmy too, by the way, uh, he started off pretty strong, but twenty one of forty one from the line so far this year after last night, fifty six percent. That's good for worst on the team. And he's going to be the guy, and we and I had said, you know, he should be the guy to go in there and get the and and get, and get the n ones and get the fouls and put put guys in a bad spot. And he did a good job of it. Problem was, is he wasn't capitalizing on it. At the end of the day, all he was doing was was racking up some fouls. But you gotta you gotta score. Um, yeah. So yeah, and that's 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 kind of like the crux of the situation. And and really, too, you know, the the, the weird thing with him, and I know he got caught in a couple different places like that, but. Um, coaches are kind of on to his whole, don't let him get, you know, there, there's a little area where you can allow Jimmy Beheim to play because I haven't seen him make like deep jumpers. Right. If you see like him take jump elbow shots, jumper, right. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Right. So I feel like there's that weird little zone where Jimmy doesn't know where yeah. to shoot left-handed or right-handed. And I feel like that's another situation that could come back to, to bite us in the butt. But yeah, but again, but Jimmy and Buddy, I mean, you're talking about they scored 45 of our 69. And, um, you know, from free throws, he normally shoots left-handed, so that's not an excuse for him not to make free throws. I'm just saying that's something to look more towards because you have, you know, teams that are figuring out how to guard Buddy. And pretty soon I feel like there's going to be coaches that are going to know how to figure out Jimmy. And that's, you know, allowing him to play in that little area where, maybe he's a little confused on what type of shot he's supposed to make. So, um, and those are the guys that are consistently scoring double digits on our team. And, uh, we were talking about the, the twos for, for, uh, UVA Joe. And I think they scored 40 points in the paint. I think I read somewhere 40 points yeah. in the paint. Some, some of those things were just too easy in there. Yeah. It was way too easy in there. And then you got, you know, Jesse gets in a little bit of foul trouble and then he's hesitant too so but i will say this i I mean um they were excellent to close out the half right because they came back from i think it was 12 points at one point or down 12 points and they come back and get this thing tied up at halftime and you think okay all right well let's ride that pony into the second half and you know more of the same just didn't happen then they get up by two and then you know, they'd get a little, UVA would get a little run on them and, and, and just create a little bit of a, a cushion there. And it's just a constant struggle. So, anyways, yeah, could have been better. Look, I mean, could have, would have, should have, right? Buddy, yo, absolutely. And Buddy, in his little presser that he had, he talked about, you know, Coach Bennett and how, 
he's seen every single time that he's played them every single year, he's seen a different look on offense and he's used his personnel differently. And, um, you know, I don't know if this goes back to, to, you know, the, the sweet 16 game where we came back and we, or was it the lead eight game? One of the two where we came back in, uh, it was the lead eight the, game in yeah. the SAA tournament where we came back on them, right? Malachi Richardson and that crazy yeah. little comeback that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like ever since then, you know, I mean, we won, what they they won seven out of eight, I think, right? Coming into this this game or seven out something of eight. like yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other time that we beat them was the very next year after we beat them when we had that rando team with like Andrew White and Battle and Gillen and all those yeah, guys. Two thousand like, and um twelve? No, what year was that? Sixteen. Sixteen, maybe. Okay. All right. Two something like that but since then i mean i don't know if it's just you know how sometimes you just lose a game as a coach or something happens and you know you watch like sports and you watch these stories where you know you have these type of rivalry things that pop up i just feel like i mean tony bennett is just i mean buddy even said it he's the best at at um using his personnel and drawing up certain sets against the zone no matter what they do um and this year i think that we're making our rotations you know a little bit slower than normal based upon our personnel and um we've seen everything to kihi clark to you know um parentis to malcolm brogdon to random people even to diakiti the other other year at the free throw line they have big guys they have small guys whatever he has to do to make his adjustments and beat us. And I don't know if that's just, uh, you know, every, obviously every coach wants to win every single game. Right. But I feel like there's that extra little chip when it comes to Tony Bennett and Syracuse. I mean, it's just, it just seems like their teams, no matter how good their offense looks, no matter how many points they're putting up, it just seems like they play us really, really well. And they maximize their offense. Um, and they play our offense against our defense very, very well every single time. So, um, the, the, yeah, it's just, it's just overall tough. The Gillen, the Gillen white game was in 2017. Um, and that was the, the, um, 16, 17 season. So, uh, I, yeah. Jim Bayheim's three out of 11 against Tony Bennett right now. Yeah. So three for 11. Um, you it's know, not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup. He's a great coach. <laughs> he is. He's an excellent coach. And, and we did beat him last year, for what it's worth, the second time no we played time. him. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, Gerard, 19 points, Dolzhai, 12 rebounds. So, all right. It's time to hear from you. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis. Go green with solar panels or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate... You can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. Hi. 
Before we get started, quickly, let's talk about the Spotify Green Room app one more time real quick. Look, if you have any interest in doing a podcast or you just want to follow us and hang out with us, go to the Spotify Green Room or go to your iOS or Android stores and download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free. All you need is a username, email address, and a password. Okay? Um, you can start your own thing there if you uh, once you sign up and you follow us and sign up for notifications. What you can do then is... Um, subscribe to um, recordings of your segments. You can do your own thing. Uh, what they'll do is they'll record it and they'll email it to you once you finish your segment. So it's a pretty cool, easy way to start your own podcast or you could just follow other people and you don't have to just follow us. There's a ton of stuff on there. Every sport, every anything you can think of is on there. Um, from sports to movies, pop culture, music, all that stuff. So go to your iOS or Android stores today and download the app. It's free for crying out loud. All right, let's start, Joe, with uh, Facebook. Let's start with Facebook. Uh, let's see. By the way, much better response, too, for all around, especially on Twitter. Twitter was mm. going off. but And, you know, look. It's a lot of negativity, and I get it. It's hard to remain positive after games like that. And it's hard to remain positive reading all the BS, too. But it's still early, guys. It's still early. And that was a game we should have won, in my opinion. That's what sucks. I don't. Th- it doesn't suck because I think we suck. It sucks because I think we should have won that game. Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, you look at the stats and everything. You look at rebounds, total turnovers, things like that, fouls, things that we normally look at. Yeah, that looks like a stat, team stat line that we that we win. But then you look at the the shooting percentage, the field goal percentage. I mean, that's and and, and to Matthew, Matthew on. I'm going to go here then. Matthew on Facebook. Virginia got better looks all night. Clark was a menace both ends and took Gerard out of it. I mean, yes, yep. it was a huge factor. Joe not being a contributor. On offense is one thing. Joe not being a contributor on offense and not being real great on defense either is the double whammy. I mean, it sucks. And like Joe said, it's like you know maybe maybe the coach needs to give Samir the nod and when you know he sees this coming again in matchups. Um, are going to be able to, you're going to be able to know what matchups we know now, especially in conference play. So, but maybe he's just yeah. waiting for Samir to get a little bit better, you know? Well, and that's, yeah, because that's where, that's what we need to be that next step, right? We need to be able to say, oh, okay, Cole Swider, he's, doesn't seem to be in it or he's not on. All right, Benny, go in and play 18 minutes, right? right he's or, just not ready there. You know, right? I mean, because even when I looked at it, Samir, Samir had way better energy on the bench overall. He looked like he was into the game. Uh, and Joe didn't, and then, you know, I don't know if it was if it was Key Clark or if it was something some funkies in from you know before in the Cornell game. If something's going on in his life, we nobody knows, right? But all I know is is that Simeer looked like he he wanted it more than him when he was in there, and um, you know that's not to poo poo on Joe. It's just sometimes you don't have a good game, and you know if you want to be a good basketball team, you got to have people on the bench that can come in and step up for players that just aren't on their A game that day. And to Dwayne's point here on Facebook, um, Clark had JG3's number tonight. I would have left Torrance to finish the game. He was far more effective. Just the energy alone, Joe, like you mentioned, it was clearly obvious. Joe Joe becomes his own worst enemy sometimes. And you can tell from his body language, he just gets very frustrated and he gets up. He just gets, he just boils up and he gets emotional. And And when you get him, what you were saying, what? Go ahead. 
But I'm saying oh, when you just, get when you get emotional, and that takes you off of your game because now you're dealing with another facet. They're letting the you're letting Kehi Clark get or whoever it is get in your head, and it's you're not focused on your game. You're focused on just being pissed off. And yeah, and I I think we've seen in the past too that Joe's if he's not doing good on offense that bleeds into his defense. Yes, and we've talked That's about what I that. was going to say. Yeah, we 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 hit on that last year, and it's obviously. Um, holds true and and Joe's just got to reel in his emotions a little bit and I th- it's not easy to do I mean I mean I personally struggle with keeping myself calm okay <laughs> it's a personal struggle of mine and uh, I, I try to work on that every day uh, but uh, yeah so it's difficult it's not easy but if he wants to be a difference maker and he wants to be a leader on this team he's gonna have to do it Nick. Yeah, and I saw. Hey, look, real quick. I saw him. He was still he was still hustling near the end of the game, and I thought he had a pretty bad foul called on him. He did um, when the when the ball looked like it was supposed to be out of bounds on them. Yes, and I think that kind of saves Virginia uh, a possession. Not to say that we would was have that won clear or anything, cut. But was that clear cut to anybody? I don't understand. I don't. Was I don't it? Know why no. they called it? Unless. Unless he hit the guy on the head, because no matter what, you know, if it's on accident or not, if you hit somebody in the head. Then it's a foul, but yeah. they just didn't clear. It just didn't show a clear enough view of that. And I thought that it was a situation where a bunch of people were jumping, hands were flying, and, and the ball was out on them. But they called the foul on Joe. So I mean, you're talking about the loose ball, out. right? You're talking about the loose yeah. ball. Yes. The, he see, was that's a, for like a rebound. Type. Yes, yep. that was a fifty-fifty. I was talking about something else, and we, which we can talk about too. But uh, that was a fifty-fifty ball. Two guys going for the ball. I mean, yeah, I, I thought that's a, a, a the right call. There would have been no whistle, in my opinion. Um, but you know, there was a, there was, you know, there was another instance on buddy, you know, for instance, that other 50, 50 ball, well, no, he got his pocket picked and he went and, you know, he reached for an arm when he realized he was, the, he got his pocket picked and he was, they were going to yeah. score on a fast break. And but it's so hard too, you know, when hard. that guy comes behind Cole and when buddy, did they hit, did they hit his arm? Did they hit his hand? Was it a clean steal? Like the out of bounds, they just play ball so, too. they play so physical. Yeah, they do. And, and we struggle yeah. with that. The out-of-bounds ball, Joe, towards the end of the game, I thought that was a gift for, for the refs because I'm not seeing where that should have been overturned because it was called Syracuse ball, and then they went and looked at it under two, and Virginia ended up getting the ball. And to me, there was no replay. Is that there. the one that got knocked off a of coal? They said it knocked off a of coal, but I thought it hit the inside of nah. someone's calf. So no, that looks pretty pretty awful cold to me. Did it? Okay, all right. Well, I mean, I was sitting <laughs> here with my wife in the back watching that, and I didn't see it, and she didn't see it. So maybe I was just heading. No, the whole point of that is that he needs to be a little bit stronger than that. He's six oh, eight, he ab- gets the absolutely. rebound, and you got six two Reese Beekman that comes up behind him and just. I mean, yes, I totally agree. But you know, for what it's worth, I mean, whatever. I had, maybe I had my orange goggles on. Nick on <laughs> Nick on. Oh, hold on. Can you hear me, Joe? Yeah. Okay. All right. My headphones cut out. Nick on Facebook. All I know is I'm glad they brought beer back because that game would have been hard to watch sober. Yes. I mean, yes. Top. It took the crowd long enough to get into that, too. And by the way, the crowd, not that bad. I mean, volume. No, it wasn't that bad. It was. Volume wise, we're on a delay, Joe. I'm sorry. Volume wise, it was good. I never saw what it looked like, though. I never, I never 
It looked better than the last couple games, but I think volume-wise, it didn't get going until near the end of the first half. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and we could talk about that and make an argument about it, but... Yeah, I know. I noticed that too. But when it did get going, it was it, it was pretty loud towards the end of the half. They did a good job. Oh no, yeah. You know, it took it took them, you know, clawing their way back to for it to happen. Uh top fan Zach on Facebook, our boy Zach. We just don't have it together on defense, and of course the free throws have become an all out problem. I'll say this, Zach, that yes, obviously the glaring issue is defense. I will say that Jimmy needs to get better at free throws, man. I mean, plain and simple. Coach said it. Look, it's unacceptable. I never knew Jimmy to be this bad of a free throw shooter. He did pretty good up until the last, like, three games, right? So that's got to get better. I don't know what it is, but obviously a difference maker if he can sink those. And it's a whole no, other yeah. ballgame. It's just, it's just hard for me to – I mean, you want to put blame somewhere, I get it, but, I mean – well, it's a little Without bit his that, game too. Yes. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, he had 18 points, nine rebounds, four steals, shot seven to 18. I mean, we're not even close if he doesn't have the game that he has. So, I mean, again, it comes down to you want to blame it on one thing, and it was multiple things. You know, I mean, the defense should have been able to step up. There's some other players that should have been able to step up and got more points. Um, so, yes, does Jimmy need to get better at free throws? Absolutely, but to put this game on him is, is tough. And I think it's just a little bit of tough love and, you know, his father getting him to concentrate on some little things that maybe he's taken for granted throughout the season. And he's starting to kind of slide, you know, but do I really think in my mind that coach is putting it on him based upon, you know, that, that performance, then I, I don't, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so either, but I mean, there was only eight free throws missed for the game and he had six of them. So I get it. Okay, I and like it, you but, said, I mean, and like he, you said, he, at least he was physical and he went to the hole and he actually got fouled versus somebody like a close wider that just sat back and shot jumpers. Right, and that's where I was going to go. Exactly, well, a little bit here, a little bit there, and it's a little bit. It's a little bit from everybody. I mean, not for anything. And I'm not like a Buddy Beheim apologist, but the kid plays his ass off. Like. Yeah. He always tends to figure it out, even when he's like, I mean, not always. There's some games where he only gets, you know, a handful of points. But this kid, man, takes, and, and coaches said it. So this ain't coming from me, but it's something that we all notice. He makes tough shots. His, oh, yeah. his shots, his shots in the paint, especially, some of those things are just amazing. And I mean, Golly, I mean, how much more can you ask the kid to do when you when it comes down to it? But yeah, right. A, a little the bit. The problem from with that, the problem, well, yes, and the, the problem with that too is is that you can have the effort and you can have everything. And I mean, this has happened to. I mean, if anybody's honest with themselves in sports, it's probably happened to everybody. But you know, you've all you've had that day where it's like, look, I'm doing the best I can, but based upon the matchup, based upon somebody else, somebody else's physical size or speed. You know, there's only so much you can do. Um, you only have who you have to, to match up and line up in front of them. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I just feel like some some of these guys, I mean, yeah, did we out-rebound them? Yeah, we did. We had 18 offensive rebounds. We shot 33s. We had a bunch four, of long rebounds, right? right? So, yeah. But when you look at their – when you looked at their guys down low, you know, uh, Kafaro, Shedrick, they weren't letting, you know, Jesse Edwards just – get to the basket like these guys are bigger bodies and 
you know, you could have the effort and you could, you could try as hard as you want, but sometimes there's some matchups and some people that just are going to get the best of you based off physicality or just the fact that they're bigger than you. I mean, it's happened to me and sometimes it's going to happen to them too, you know? So, um, at the end of the day, we're not the most athletic. We're not the fastest. We're not the best jumping team and we're not the strongest team, but we can shoot and we know how to play ball. And um, we're going to be in a lot of games and we're going to beat a lot of teams. It's just, you know, you got, you know, you got to know what you are and, and kind of understand what it is. These guys aren't putting 10, 15 pounds in the middle of the season on. Um, and there's going to be some teams that are just physically bigger than them. And uh, we're not going to be able to do some things. And obviously that affected our two point shooting. Heading over to Twitter at SU Giant. Need more from someone other than Buddy and Jimmy, though I can't fault Jesse Edwards much. Did Gerard play? Um, need look. We, we we so I've already I've obviously picked this before we talked. We kind of covered all this, but yeah, Gerard played thirty minutes, bud. Yeah, yeah. So um, we kind of covered it all, but uh, <laughs> Jesse, you know, he's so integral in the success of this team especially on offense and getting the ball in there. I mean, he does the things on defense. I mean, how many blocks did he have last night? Five? Yeah. He had five blocks last night, which he's racking up blocks. And he does the things on defense pretty damn good. But the offensive stuff is where we need him to shine a little bit more and being able to get the <laughs> ball inside. And like you said, Joe, to your point, I mean – it, you know, he's just not, he's going to be outmatched physically by a lot of these guys, especially in ACC. So, no, and that's where technique and position and stuff like that comes into play. And, you know, that's where we're just going to have to get better. I mean, that's where we need to get better overall everywhere. I think that's where we need Benny. I know I don't think that Benny should be getting the ball outside near the three point line and, and trying to dribble it in. He's got to get position to get the ball there. And it's the same thing with Jesse. I mean, he had a nice little move and a nice little jump shot there to end the first half to tie it. Uh, oh my gosh, that was great! What the hell was that? Was that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't. I've never seen it before, but I mean, it was the Netherlands it was like, step. It was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> yes. okay, okay, that was nice, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, what kind of stuff can he do on offense? I mean, maybe he does have a little jumper. Who knows? Um, and I do know that I'd like to see more than five rebounds, but I also know that. Based upon our defense, you know he's being tasked to run out and defend three-point shots at the at the, the baseline. You know, and um, I think that that's just something you know that's kind of popped up as college basketball, basketball overall, has just evolved into this three-point shooting game. Um, and you know, we never really saw, or you know, didn't really have to have centers run out to the baseline to defend a three because you know back in the day. You know, teams didn't have four players on the court that could shoot threes, uh, and, and it's different now. So um, I understand, but I'd still like to see more than five rebounds. But yeah, I mean, we need we need we need to get points other than just off jump shots and, and three pointers and stuff like that and free throw line. I mean, we need to be able to and, get and the to ball finish too, Joe. Yes, but to get it in the hole too, because yeah, that's you know. That's, let's be honest. I mean, we saw plenty of it last night. I mean, we saw it. We saw Jesse missing. We saw Jimmy missing right at the rim. Those things right. need to go down. You need to be. You need to make sure that those go down. That's been a problem too. That's not just. Well, easy. yeah. I mean, it's part of that, but it's also part of just. We need to figure out something like the hero ball, the one-on-one stuff. Um, we don't got guys that can like dribble to the rim. You know, I mean, you got guys like 
I mean, you look at uh, Cole Swider and Joe Girard are probably minus maybe Jimmy Beheim, which I'm not too sure. But Cole Swider and Joe Girard are like our best three uh, free throw shooters. And neither of them shot a free throw. But I'll tell you what, out of the 17 shots they took, 12 of them were threes. So you're not going to go to the free throw line too much when you're shooting that many threes. So, again, we need to find this this different dimension of our offense to be able to get these guys into position to, you know, it's not just about always making it. Sometimes you go up there to get fouled, get guys in foul trouble, be aggressive. Um, and, and that's where we need to kind of move our mentality because – uh, we can't be having that between you know our two best free throw shooters not taking a free throw in a game. At Cody Westfall seventy seven, buddy has given one hundred and ten percent last few games. Joe has been giving negative one hundred and ten percent last few games. Almost <coughs> like he pouts when things aren't going good. I personally want to see more Samir and Benny. Way more movement on offense and defense when they are in. Um, I don't know. You said it, Joe. I mean, I totally agree. I don't know if Joe's thing is is effort um, in in what he's given, but we talked about it. And I don't think he pouts, but he obviously gets he gets upset. But I'm telling you too, if if Samir and Benny improve, we're gonna see them more. I mean, it's plain and simple. What'd they get? Benny with 12 and Sai uh, with 10 minutes, respectively, and that's not bad. For this time of year, for 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 two new guys, right? No, yeah. I mean, they're getting more minutes and they're making less mistakes. Exactly. And what were they getting of what four games ago? They were getting two minutes, and we are in yeah. we are in ACC play, and coaches putting them out there for ten plus minutes. Look, it is no turnovers between either of them, and that's excellent. But not a whole lot else. I think um, Samir had what two is two assists. Okay, so. But again, it's the rotations, and it's steal. the athleticism that they yes. bring, right? Yeah, it's, it's those those little stuff, things. Right. I mean, Benny put himself in position to where he played 12 minutes, Cole Swider played 30, and Benny Williams had four defensive rebounds, Cole Swider had two. Right. So right now, Cole ended up with four rebounds altogether, but six rebounds, or sorry, six rebounds altogether, six rebounds in 30 minutes versus Benny Williams four rebounds in 12 minutes. And I'd be willing to bet that Benny probably made better, um, you know, movement throughout the defense and everything. Um, I just, uh, I'm seeing more and more from him that I like. And like I said, I don't even care because we don't need that many shooters on the court. You know what I mean? At this point, you have to have a balance at this point. You have to have a balance and it's very, it's getting very, very close to looking like you're substituting offense for defense because Cole Swider is going to hit eight threes one of these days, right? Like, I get it. We'll They're going to be able to, but it's at one point, at some point in a game, you got to be able to allow somebody to come in when someone's off and and kind of switch the, the offense for defense type thing. I mean, I understand maybe end of the game, that kind of thing. But right now, um, I, th- I think now, because before, you know, he talked about them not being good enough. I think now at this point, I think, especially when you're talking about coming off of Virginia, I think that we're at a point now where you're you're choosing to play better offensive players over better defensive players, and that's just <laughs> that's just what it is. When 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 you look at it, I'd sit, I'd probably argue that your defense is the problem. Yeah, a little bit a little bit need a little bit better of a balance there to say mm-hmm. to say the least. To be fair. To not take one side of the argument. To be fair. To be fair. To not just take one side of the argument and be like, oh, well, you know, because obviously that's what he's doing. 
And, you know, we talk, you know, you hear people still bringing up Kadari, which, like, ah, so agonizing. Like, why are we still talking about Kadari Richmond, guys? (laughs) I had a conversation about him today. He doesn't play. I mean, I saw so much of it. I was like, just let it go. Let it go, man. Like, well, just, just, I think that there's a lot of people that think that if they just would have, if he would have just allowed him to become the starter. He didn't want to be here. Okay, fine. But he didn't mm. want to be here. The dude the, I, the, the dude left. Okay. I'm not I saying anything that. against him at all, but he, he, but he I understand didn't want to be the here, frustration. Obviously. I get the it. The frustration but. to me was is that you have a shooting guard that you're trying to force into a point guard, and then you have a point guard right in front of your face that when you look at the games, looks like he's better for the role so i think there's a lot of fans that like midway and i mean i might have been on that bandwagon i mean i'm right there with you now because yes he's not on the team but i felt like halfway through the season last year i felt like kadari should have became the starter and he should have had joe come off the bench and if he comes off the bench to play point guard or shooting guard then whatever but and we um, and we talked about that last year but guess right. what was the difference between last year and this year kadari was here he was on the team and right. look if we were going to play the, the game of ifs and buts, I mean, we could do this all day. We could do it all day. And there's I mean, a there's lot been... of people that think that Beheim, if he would have just came out and said, look, I want you to be my starting point guard next year, but you got to do X, Y, and Z, and there's going to be a competition with Joe because he's he's obviously you know been our starter, then I feel like maybe that would have been something different, and who knows what was said. Right? Yeah, well, because that could have been Even right said. now, Kadari isn't starting at Seton Hall. So maybe there was a home thing. Who knows? So then I guess that's really the one thing is, is that, you know, I guess this is a time where you wish that somebody would have told you maybe why, or someone would have opened up and said, this is why he's leaving. Right. Because yeah, but they're not, maybe he left because of answer. But if he, if he left because of personal reasons and this argument is, is moot. Absolutely. But that's on Kadari. That's on Kadari to come up with that. Not, coach right to say it right right but i'm saying so, you have all these fans that are like oh coach because of him he did this because of him maybe there was nothing he could have done and he was going to leave anyway well that was my point it was he didn't want to be here for some reason or another he didn't want to be here was it playing time maybe but he's at seton hall coming off the bench what's he ever well my point 12 is 12 minutes is, a game at seton hall it wasn't the average right my game? my point is is that you you don't have enough sufficient information to blame it on the coaches that he left right yeah no i get your point i know what you're saying <laughs> I just hate the I I hate the whole argument from start to finish. The uh, oh man, look at what he's doing! You know, he scored twelve points and get a screenshot of his stats scoring twelve points. It's like oh, so so freaking what? I mean, I think I'd be more apt. To, I'd be more apt to jump on that train if we knew that his playing time and, and the coaches were the the reason why. Right. And because, the fact that they just refused to start him, but you know they they're not going to talk about that. Right. So at the end of the day, like you said. He's not on the team. There's nothing we can do. This is our roster. Let's move on. Let's move forward. Yeah. And um, also, Dennis did not say, like, if I say something on Twitter that it's like, dude, let's let's get over the Qatari thing, guys. Let's move on. This is silly. I think it's dumb, personally. I think it's stupid. Um, but I also wish he was here. I mean, just because I say, let's move on, who, let's get over this and, and act like adults here, doesn't mean I don't wish he was here. And it doesn't mean I don't think Yo, some of the points are relevant. I, what? I think some Quincy of the points from f- right now, Quincy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yes, uh, Cole. Yep. Cole looked a little bit more promising on paper to me. Um, you know, but but we'll see what happens. But right now, Quincy. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, um, yeah, we're missing that 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 physicality. That, yes. that yep. I mean, yep. I think he played the two three zone better, and he was a better rebounder. I don't care about the scoring. Right, but you the know, Beheim brothers got that figured out. But with Quincy, it's a totally different situation too. I mean, he went to go test the waters, right, and then just decided, okay, mm-hmm. well, I'm not good enough. I'm going to go here because Jimmy's coming in. Well, Jimmy's done pretty damn good. So, so Quincy or Jimmy. I mean, I, 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 that's a toss-up I would to me. Take, that's a toss-up to me. That's why I said one of the two, right? Uh, like, right, I okay. think I don't know what the order was. All I know is is that by Quincy going and putting his name out there and then us getting these transfers, it kind of eliminated him and put him somewhere else. Um, I, I would agree. Again, I who would knows? Right. But again, we don't know if it's a situation where he was leaving Syracuse regardless, right? I mean, we don't know if we're sitting back thinking – I mean – in hindsight, he might be sitting back thinking, like, damn, I should have just stayed at Syracuse. I'd be playing 35 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we see his stats, and it's not the same as, as he mean, did last year, right? I, so, I mean, you look at their stats. You look at Kadari and Quincy's stats, and they're not even as good as they were last year for these teams that they they transferred to. So, you know, sometimes it's like, is the grass always greener? Was it playing time? Was it something personal? Was it something different? Who knows? Well, until Kadari lets us know, we, we're not going to know. But until then, I'm not going to pay much attention to it. And that's not to say that I don't think some of your your points on the gameplay itself aren't good. I'm just saying, who, who cares? <laughs> we can argue about it all day, but we don't know. So anyways, moving on. Uh, I've said my piece about that. Uh, that's been one of those things that just pops up now and then, and I, I ignore it. Yeah, but. we had to hit that up. We had to hit that up. Yeah. Um, at Quinny, Quinn Kyle, 21, a lot of people were improperly wearing their masks. How about that? Oh, at the dome. Okay. Listen. Oh, are you a blow the chin <clears throat> guy, Joe, or a blow the nose guy? Uh, I'm a, I'm, um, I throw my mask out. <laughs> no, no, I don't wear my mask. And to my point to that would possibly be the only place I wear it is at work because I, I like my paycheck. Right. And even then it's below the nose. Right. Um, um, yes, yes, yes. But I, I mean, my question, I guess, or my comment or response would be, is there a proper way to use something that doesn't work? Oh, uh, look, I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, what I'm kind just, of mess? I'm by the way, I mean, I mean, we don't, we, I didn't mean to get into a mass discussion, but, uh, you know, those but, those ones that people are making off their sewing machines and stuff. There was a CNY Central article that said that, yeah, experts two years later have now said that, hey, don't don't use those, okay? Uh, here we are two years later. Don't use them no, now. I mean, it says in, it's said in the <laughs> CDC the day after COVID started that those aren't, they're not looked at by the CDC as proper um, protective preventative, preventative equipment. Yeah. So, um, well, even the, the gators, yeah. they're not even allowed in like the... Uh, urgent care facilities here in Virginia, the Gators, because they actually split. They actually split anything that's coming out. Not only is it just coming out, but it's being split um, because of the nylon. So sharp, it just splits it and spreads it more. Um, But look, if the massing is a problem for someone, then you just wear yours. Just put another one on, you know, two masks and a pair of goggles and a face shield. And I mean, you don't have to worry about anybody not wearing their mask. Period. No, you only have to worry about someone taking a picture of you and putting it on. <laughs> at that point, <clears throat> we were told by Fauci two masks and goggles. By the way, uh, anyways, no, now it's Kyle, only five days. 
Kyle, nothing personal, man. I'm just rotten. No. I'm just stirring the pot. Uh, Sorry, and there was another point I was going to make about that too, but it slips my mind. It doesn't matter. Uh, at I drank Seagrams. Okay, and Jim <laughs> and Jim Beheim has to play Torrance more. The reason why Richmond left. Gerard logs all those minutes for what? Well, we don't know why Richmond left. And had I remembered, I screenshot that, I would have saved it. But to your point, Joe, I mean, we don't, no one knows. I mean, maybe, maybe the Zoobs knows. Maybe the Zoobs has got inside scoop and he just can't put it in print because that would, that would reveal a source. But who knows? I don't know. So uh, to that point, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Samir's developing. And that was another point I was going to make. He's developing. He's getting better. That whole thing is getting better. And we'll just see how it goes um, towards the end of the year. Let's look. I got a couple more, but I'm only going to do one um, because, forgive me, there was a bunch of good comments, but we've got to move on. At Adam P. Velachovic, not athletic enough for sure, but it really all comes down to third to a third shooting option. If Joe Girard and Cole are off like tonight, uh, no way they can win. If one of them is on, they have a chance. Every game is going to be like that and play Samir more. Uh, guy plays his ass off. Yeah, absolutely. But that was, you know, obviously buddy can't, it's just, it's just a little bit more from everybody is that's the ticket, right? I mean, a little bit more from everybody. And you can have, you can, yeah, I mean, have, we can't burn these guys out, right? Right, right. And I think it will develop. I mean, Buddy playing 40, Jimmy playing 38. I mean, we can't burn these guys out. Um, I know they carried. And you know what? If you want to play them those minutes, then don't give Cole Swider and Joe Girard 30 while they only combine for 11 points, right? Right. I mean, that's just back to balance. Uh, yeah. And, and, and we know that we need a bench. We know that the starting five isn't going to get it done. So, but at the same time, you're playing Virginia and you're trying to get that W all at the same time. So, I mean, I'm sure there's things that, you know, coach goes into the game thinking he might want to do or coming out of practice like, hey, I want to do this. But then you get in the game and it's in a situation you're playing Virginia and, uh, you know, you just kind of go back to what worked in the past. Right. And, and what you really, truly believe in and. Who knows? All I know is is that we need to we need to have guys off the bench. Um, it just sucks that you go from a year like last year where you got guys can come off the bench to this year um, being in a situation where don't want to feel like they're being held back, but it almost seems like we're helicopter mom and these these two at this point. Yeah, let um, them let them spread their wings, leave the nest for crying out loud. Let's do this and let them make the mistakes and learn from them. Uh, and, and like I think we talked about this, you know, what do you want to do? You want to sacrifice loss for practice? What do you want? What are you going to do? Obviously, you want to win all the games you can, but to some degree, uh, something's got to change. But they're getting more and more minutes as time goes, so we'll just have to see what happens going forward. I think it's too early right now to call it. Let's move on to Miami. Joe, the all-time series between Syracuse and Miami sits at 20-9 and in favor of the Orange. Jim Beheim holds a 6-4 edge over Jim Laranega all-time. Uh, the Syracuse, for while him coaching Miami, uh, the Syracuse Orange men were 13-5 versus Miami Hurricanes in the Big East Conference. Miami was the first team Syracuse would play as an ACC member on January 4th, 2014. The Orange won that game 49-44, to according to orangehoops.org. Last game played in uh, last January. 
85 to 57 win. Gerard Beheim, Dolzai, Gary Aaron Griffin. You're starting five. Griffin and Beheim. Or just Griffin and Beheim. Gerard and Beheim, 23 points each. That's killer. Uh, Miami, 11 and 3, 3 and 0 in the ACC. And their losses are to UCF, uh, Dayton, and Alabama, ranked Alabama. So Ken Palm's got them at 92, and I believe we're hovering somewhere around... I don't have internet, so I'd have to go to my phone, which I can't do right now. But I think we're hovering around 67, 68, something like that. Um, Miami's at... 69. 69, okay. Uh, Ken Palm's got Miami at 92 um, with an adjusted offense ranked 25th in the country, an adjusted defense ranked 200. So this could be a difficult matchup for both teams <laughs> on each side of the ball. Uh, Miami is 95th in the net rankings, making this a quad two game for Syracuse. Joe, uh, on paper, Miami looks really good. They look really good. And despite um, some of their defensive woes here, they do score They do score quite a few points. So, um, you yeah, know, you know, except for against like Alabama and um, Dayton held them to 60. But 3-0 to start off in the ACC. Wins against NC State, Wake Forest, and Clemson. So, I mean, that's another story within itself. Yeah, I mean, three, three middle-of-the-road packs, right? right? exactly. Three yes. middle-of-the-road pack teams. I mean, and not only did they lose Alabama, they lost Alabama by 32. Uh, lost to Dayton by 16. Uh, and lost to Central Florida. So, uh, you look at the team as 11-3, and three and you see where they are, and um, – they're ranked behind us in the net rankings and in Ken Palm. Yes. You know, which tells me that, that, um, you know, um, the analytics, the numbers, everything like that, it doesn't favor their weak, uh, non-conference schedule. They've played a weak schedule thus far, even though they're three, and zero in, in conference, their non-conference schedule wasn't, wasn't that great. So, um, and even with that, Ken Palm still has them as adjusted over 200, as far as a defensive team over, um, adjusted 201st. So really where you see it is their offense rank is 25th. So, yes, this is a, a situation in a game where uh, this could you could be looking at a shootout because um, both teams really aren't that great on defense and they're pretty good on offense. Um, so that's that's really where you want to start is, is, is that. And also you want to look at the fact that Miami has won seven games in a row. So they're on a little bit of a hot streak playing at home. Um, which again, I don't know how much that helps <laughs> with them. You know, they usually, you know, Miami doesn't really get a crazy crowd. And I know we got a whole bunch of snowbirds down there from Syracuse. So usually, uh, it's 50, 50 or even more, but, um, I do worry about this team because of their, uh, athleticism, their, in their length. Uh, but then there's other things that kind of, I kind of look at as, kind of hopeful about because they um they have a couple guys that have seen the two three zone but they have a couple transfers as well uh that haven't seen it you know so when you look at it their top two guys cameron mcgusty and isaiah wong uh they've seen this team they beat this team two years ago uh they dominate the minutes the points you know pretty much all the stats rebounds all that stuff so um those are the two guys um cameron mcgusty six five senior guard and Isaiah Wong is um, a 6'3 senior guard. Sorry, sophomore guard. He must have taken his uh, COVID, <laughs> his COVID L- year. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, those two um, are pretty good. Now, you, you know, you got Anthony Walker, who's 6'9", who we've heard before, Sam Wardenberg, who I know he was out for COVID the last couple games, but, you know, we've we've heard of those guys. Just got some some height and things like that. Now, they start uh, Dang Gak, 6'11", junior center, who usually gets in foul trouble, doesn't play too many mid-20 minutes, something like that, but He's got some length, right? Um, and then really uh, the two additions that make this team a little bit different. I mean, we can go three. Bensley Joseph, he is a, he is a freshman guard that um, that has made seven to nine threes. He's starting to play some more minutes. Um, but I don't know how much we're going to see him. Really, it's um, it's Charlie Moore and it's Jordan Miller. Jordan Miller is uh, a transfer from George Mason in which he scored double digits in all three of the years before he transferred. He's um, only averaging 8.5 points right now, but he just scored, I think, 25 against uh, their last game, Wake Forest. Uh, he's a 6'7 guard as well. And um, Charlie Moore is going to be that Kehe Clark type guy. He's 5'10 guard. Started out at Cal as a retro, or sorry, as a true freshman, scored over 10 points, transferred to Kansas, didn't play that much, then transferred to DePaul. So this is his fourth school in five years, and um, he's averaging um, 11 points a game and almost four assists and almost two steals, and he's a little point guard that they have there too. So when you look at it, they definitely made some additions through the transfer portal to get them a little bit more experienced and to help their offense. Uh, I just don't think it helped their defense. So that's really where you're looking at now. And it's going to be, it should be hopefully, well, not hopefully, but I mean, it's, it's probably going to be a high scoring game. And yeah. They're and not, they only average 10, they only average 10, 10 turnovers a game. But again, you have a different two, three zone where you have a new point guard and something like that. So, I mean, really that's a lot of it. You know, they, they had a game on Saturday, um, how are they coming off that game? Obviously, we always have to worry about the everlasting COVID that just pops up randomly for asymptomatic players who feel fine. And um, that's just the random stuff that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen between now and Wednesday. But offensively, they're definitely better. Defensively, they're not. And how are they going to adjust to our defense based upon the fact they have players that really haven't played against it? Yeah. So... Shooting 35% from three, too, by the way. And you mentioned no. McGusty shooting up. Well, they shot 50% last game. Yeah. So that's a. Yeah, those are the guys. Cameron McGusty and those guys are the guys. And like I said, it's all a lot of it's going to depend on how, how, these, how these guys kind of. Because I can see this Miami team, especially not <clears throat> really having the experience against the 2 3 zone to pass it around and get easier buckets. Uh, to get in a um, a three point kind of a shootout. I mean, they have five guys that have shot over twenty five threes, and another two that have shot sixteen and eighteen. So when you look at it, um, that's they, the last they shoot a lot of threes. Want. Yeah, that's the last. Yeah, thing that's want. definitely the last. Thing. But but you know what those? But sometimes that works for us it's because if they don't have a guy in the. Yeah. Right. I mean, if if some sometimes if they don't have a guy in the middle and they can't score the two points efficiently then you know they it's a situation where um they struggle with the threes now what i worry about here is is putting somebody like an isaiah wong in at the free throw line 
or a McGusty at the free throw line. Well, McGusty probably shoots too good from the three point line. Uh, so there probably would be an Isaiah Wong. Isaiah Wong, um, he scores a bunch of his baskets, two point baskets. A lot of it's taking his guys to the hole. McGusty's, Not going to be able to do that against. McGusty's taken 85 free throws this year. That's a lot. No, then maybe he does it too. I mean, he ever he he well he leads the team in rebounds as well, points, rebounds. Um, I mean, pretty much damn near three point percentage, with the amount that he's thrown up. So Augusti seems like the guy. But I know Isaiah Wong is an athletic, lengthy guard that can uh, that can make things happen. And I I feel like he's played at the free throw line before. I think that's how they beat us two years ago. And, um, I mean, it's it's all going to be on who they can put, if they can find somebody, like, experienced. I, like I said, Isaiah Wong played against 2-3 zone. I feel like they can put him at the free throw line, and they could pretty much pass out of that wherever they want. I mean, Charlie Moore, Jordan Miller, Magusi, they all shoot threes. And, uh, you know, like I said, they got the length, they got the size, they're an ACC team. So um, it's going to be interesting, but um, – you know, I think if our offense is is on point and we hit our shots and everyone's you know kind of on all cylinders, then I don't really think there's going to be anything that they're going to be able to do. As far as, I mean, they'll be able to shoot, they'll be able to score, they'll score with us for a little while. But I think we can. This is a team we'll be able to beat if if our offense is on all full cylinders. But again, it's not the offense; it's the defense. Yeah, we needed one more score last game. Still scored 69 against Virginia. I mean, we should score 80 plus against Miami easy. Uh, yeah, just for comparison, when you're talking about McGussie getting the free throw line with 85 attempts, our highest, um, Buddy Beheim and Jesse Edwards both attempted 54. So, and that's right, that's where this team needs to improve. I mean, I'm gonna keep saying it, they just gotta, they got, yeah, we don't have a guy that does that. Uh, Buddy Beheim did a pretty damn good, and so both the Beheim brothers did a pretty damn good job last night. Once, once Buddy, once they changed it up a little bit. And Buddy just started driving in and creating creating the the opportunity to get fouled. And Jimmy's been doing it. I mean, he, you know, he's only been in the line forty one times, but his problem is he hasn't been great at making them. But Buddy's nailing. I mean, he, he's awesome free throw shooter. He's in the nineties, I believe. He is ninety ninety point seven. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm looking at more like a guard that can take it to the hole and possibly well, make we a don't, basket well, and get fouled. And, yeah, and that's tough. what Cameron Augusti does. Right. And that's, well, Cameron Augusti does that because he plays against a lot of man-to-man defense. Same thing with Charlie Moore and them. Right. So, again, you know, I don't think he's going to get to the free throw line that much because, you know, I mean, dribbling into his own. I mean, they always say you beat the zone with the pass. Uh, dribbling into zone. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes you can dribble through them, and it's just bad defense. But realistically, with the zone, you want to beat it with the pass and then get a good shot. And I don't see him or Isaiah Wong, you know, trying to penetrate and get fouled going to the hole too many times. You know, so that's the only reason why I say that. I just feel like um, Larinaga is going to come out with a plan, and they 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 can score. So. Um, yeah, they can score. They're right there with us as far as scoring, man. I mean, they're right there. They're close. It's just how are they going to be able to score against a two-three zone? Because there's some teams that can score against a two or against man-to-man because they have all the matchups and the, the the right guys in the right areas and you know stuff like that. And plus, you have a coach that can call good sets with man-to-man offense. You know, half sets and stuff, half-court sets. But it's different when you get to two-three zone. So um, you know, their offense is good. But see if they can, you know. 
score against the 2-3 zone. And if we stop them in the two-point area, which we couldn't with Virginia, then that's going to force them to shoot threes. And like I said, sometimes that's not good, but sometimes when we get teams to fall in love with the three, then sometimes it works. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's make or break. That's some of the problem with it. All right, look, we're, we're, we're running long here, so let's just get after it, Joe. Uh, you improved to 2-0. I improve to 0-2. Uh, so with that said, I went first last time. I need some strategy here. I'm going to bounce off of you, um, to try to close the gap on this. Um, you chose Syracuse last time. So did I, so no, no, no extra points there for, for the the two losses. But, uh, how do you see this one? I mean, I see it as it's, it's going to be a scoring fest. Um, that's that's really where I see it. Um, I mean, they gave up 83 to NC State and 84 to Wake Forest, and really those guys they don't really rank close to us as far as um, as far as offense goes when it comes to Ken Palm. So realistically, I mean, unless we come out shooting bad and some of these guys again, I mean, I'd like to kind of throw the. Uh, you know, Joe Girard and, and, and Cole Swider a little bit of a bone because it was Virginia's defense that they did shoot those percentages with, right? Um, but unless we come out and, and we have guys that aren't hitting, you know, and we got other issues, you know, and Cole's still cold and Joe is still in his funk, then, I mean, it's, it's going to be a shootout and it's going to be up and down, game of runs. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, I can see a situation – well, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go yeah, we're, Syracuse. We're all, we're all waiting. I'm gonna go Syracuse. Eighty-two, Miami seventy-eight. Oh wow. Okay, so I've already written mine down. You got eighty-two seventy-eight. All right. Well, uh, I, I'm. This is more of just a hopeful thing. Like you said, I was. Um, my biggest point is, is it's hard to judge things off of, off of the UVA game. I feel like we kind of already know where the team is and what they need to improve on. But I just struggle. Joe just struggles against UVA. Obviously, Cole struggled against UVA. And with that said, I mean, I think they're better than that. I believe that they should have won that game. I think that they just left too much on the table. And like mm-hmm. Matthew said, uh, UVA just capitalized on everything. They just made the most out of their opportunities, and that's yep. how they won the game. That's what they do, man. Yes, but that's exactly. what they do. That's why I know, like, I know. if you're going to do those little small things that's going to make you lose a game, you can't do it against Virginia. You can get away with beating no, they, some teams they, like that. They leave very little room for error, and, and yep, that's on, on both sides of the ball. And they just are are consistently good, and obviously with Tony Bennett, like like, how could you not love that guy? He's so he's he's such a good dude, and he's such a great coach that it's good hard to, it, yep. it's hard to hate the guy. So, anyways, yep, I I, I digress. My point is, is that oh, you chose Syracuse, right? Oops, okay, yep. Um, okay, so my point is, is I think Syracuse can go into Miami. Look, their resume isn't, it's not bad, dude. 3-0 and in the ACC, I don't care who you're playing. Middle of the road pack teams or not. I don't care who you're playing. 
you're starting off 3-0 in the ACC. I'd be ecstatic as an SU fan starting off 3-0 in the ACC. And um, with that said, I do think Miami's a decent team. And despite their non-conference schedule, I know where Ken Palm's got them. I know where the net rankings have them. But, um, you know, we struggle on defense. They don't struggle on offense. So it's going to be, and, and vice versa for them, same thing. And so it's going to come down to who makes the most shots. And if Syracuse is feeling it, they need redemption. I say they go in there and do it. 86 to 76, Syracuse. That's it. And we'll, okay. see, we'll see what All happens. Right. Okay. I already wrote it down too yeah. because I know our, our scores are close. But um, look, look, it is what it is. And, 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 you know, I looked at some of their scores. I went a little bit lower just because, um, you know, the 2 3 zone tends to slow the pace of the game down a little bit for, you know, an offense like Miami, you know. Um, but just to, because we haven't mentioned it, I think looking at this team, um, biggest thing we have to worry about with this team is getting back and setting our defense up. Yeah. Uh, Miami is just, they just fast paced and they will run you out of the gym. If you let them, that's the one thing that I'm worried about more than anything is just it's Isaiah them Long getting all day. I mean, still, that's what he's 100%. good at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And they're going to do that with kickouts to McGusty and other guys that can shoot. Uh, Charlie Moore can get the ball up the court. And again, it's just, <laughs> it's going to be a situation where that's got to be our main focus because I feel like that's where they get a main, a, a big chunk. You know, the fact that the two, three zone is going to slow them down is one thing, but then if we can slow down their fast break scoring, completely different if we can do both those things then um and hold them to to forcing them to play half court offense i think it completely changes this team so and they're a newer team with two transfers that's trying to uh still figure it out even though they've you know they're 11 and 3 they're still early in the season and um you know they'd have more cohesiveness at the end of the year so Better off playing them now. And uh, they're 7-0, maybe a little overconfident. We just came off a loss, so we're going to be a little hungry. So let's see what happens. Yep, that's kind of what I'm hoping. I'm kind of hoping uh, there's just a couple of guys that just want to shake it off and go out there and prove what they got. And, you know, on the road in Miami, like you said, the the crowd – by the way, real quick, and I, we're running long, I know. But real quick, I watched enough basketball this weekend to – to maybe reel in my criticism of the the dome crowd just a touch, because there was a lot of conference games being played, and the crowds weren't great. So just to be a little bit fair about it, um, I'm gonna give Syracuse a little bit of a pass, um, and we all know why some of that is. I don't know the protocols for the other for the other stadiums and things, but uh, the crowds just in general haven't been great. They just haven't been so no. Um, with that said, no, they definitely haven't. With that said, I think we're just used to packing in 18,000, 20,000, 22,000 for a game like we saw last night. You know, that's that's the and it takes God, it takes just a little bit of it away for me. Um, but I think it'll get better. I hope it'll get better. So, and we're in the thick of this, the whole COVID stuff again right now. So, by the way, which is it's going to be, you can call things COVID all day. Okay, SARS-CoV-2. So it's, it's here to stay. It's, it's never going away. So there's that. So there's always going to be something. The problem is, or the, not the problem, but the the whole thing is how we all deal with it. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, that is going to do it for us tonight. Look, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, 
Another late one for Syracuse going down to Miami. Hopefully they can pull that thing off and right this ship. We will see you on Thursday evening. For Joe, I'm Sean. Radio. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.